Hey, welcome back to another episode of Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking here. I'm uh, KJ, your host here with Living Christian. Uh, so today we are diving into Jeremiah 1. So uh, if you have your Bibles, open them up. If you want to listen along as you're driving along in your car, feel free to do that too. Uh, so if this is your first time uh, joining us, what we do here on uh, this podcast is uh, read a little bit of Bible, typically just one chapter, uh, drink a little coffee along the way. I'm drinking a little cappuccino today. So usually I just drink straight uh, normal Texas pecan coffee or Folgers or whatever it may be. And today I'm uh, venturing out with a fancy schmancy cappuccino. Uh, but with that, uh, we drink my coffee and uh, we read a little bit of the Bible uh, talk a little bit. I'll answer some questions at the end. Uh, we have uh, three or four questions we've submitted. If you'd like to submit a question for a future podcast, feel free to go to livingchristian.org slash podcast. Uh, you can catch up on all the other uh, previous episodes as well, or you can submit a question for a future use. So uh, that'll be in the show notes, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it and on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll have that link there in the in the show notes for you guys, as well as some other handy links for you guys to use. So uh, as part of that uh, is going to be livingchristian.org, which is the website uh, for our ministry. And you can check out uh, Bible verses and blogs and and uh, apparel store and the whole nine yards. And if you use, as I mentioned last time, I do every time on these podcasts, the code podcast20, you get 20% off your entire order on livingchristian.org. So that will be exclusively for my podcast listeners. Uh, once again, that code is podcast20. Uh, you can use that anytime you want to. So check it out at livingchristian.org. And uh, they got t-shirts. We're going into springtime now here in the Northern Hemisphere anyways. And uh, get yourself a t-shirt or a baseball cap or a coffee mug or whatever you want to get over there. So we'll be adding a variety of uh, new clothes and, and, and t-shirts and hoodies and stuff pretty soon. Uh, doing a, a variety of, of new designs on that. So always check back on livingchristian.org. Uh, you never know when I'm going to throw up a new design on that uh, store there, but uh, you can get to the store there, as well as, as I mentioned earlier, the podcast, uh, which is livingchristian.org slash podcast. Regardless, if you want to visit the website, uh, just check the show notes, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, and uh, it'll all be right there. I'll have uh, links there for you guys. It makes it nice and easy for you. I try to make things easy. I try to make things easy. Who knows if I do or not, but I try. So uh, we're going to dive into Jeremiah 1, as I mentioned. And it's kind of a short chapter, so it shouldn't take us too very long today. But uh, we're going to dive into Jeremiah 1, and we'll take some questions and take a look at that earlier. So, uh, so who wrote Jeremiah? It is actually written by the prophet Jeremiah. Right around, I think, 600, I think my Bible says 627 um, B.C., he became a prophet. So somewhere along those lines is when he probably wrote this book. So he was a prophet of God. Uh, he uh, he lived and carried on his ministry from the late 600s to the early 500 B.C. So he wrote this uh, as he's becoming a prophet of God, right? Uh, and the general message of Jeremiah uh, overall is uh, when uh, nothing goes right, uh, you know, keep doing right. Uh, keep um, keep your head up. Uh, keep focused on God. And no matter what's going on in your life, uh, no matter what challenges that you may have in your life, uh, keep trying to be a good person. Treat, keep trying to be a good Christian. And keep trying to love your neighbor for sure. So let's read Jeremiah 1 today. Uh, and uh, these are the words of Jeremiah. Let me put my old man glasses on and get a sip of coffee first. It's pretty good. I do like the cappuccino. I gotta tell you, it's um, 
It's pretty tasty. All right, Jeremiah 1. These are the words of Jeremiah, son of uh, Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the, in the land of Benjamin. Uh, the, the Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's messages continued throughout the reign of king... Ooh, I'm going to mess this one up. I'm going to try, though. Jehoiakim, uh, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of king uh, Zedekiah. Uh, one of Josiah's son. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. So everybody from Jerusalem were taken away uh, as captives. And this is where Jeremiah first starts. Jeremiah's call and first vision. So he's starting to become a prophet of God as we kind of read in Jeremiah 1. So prophets of God back in the Old Testament days were ones that would be able to prophesize the future uh, typically, you know, talk to God directly in some instances and kind of see what was going to happen in the future and see what God's promises were for the future. So in this way, this is Jeremiah's first visions of what he had. So Jeremiah 1.4 says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to all nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young. You must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Verse 8, And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. That is uh, verse 4 through 8 there. So, there's a couple of things to unpack on this on these lines here. Uh, one is he's talking to Jeremiah. So sometimes we can take things from the Bible and relate them to ourselves, and sometimes we can't. And I'm going to read that just now. Hold on. So in verse 5, he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet of all nations. Obviously, we are not individually a prophet of all nations. But what we can take out of that verse individually is the fact that God knows us before he even forms us in our mother's womb. Now that goes into the, you know, the debate and I'm in the United States and I'm not sure where you're listening to this right now, but we have a hot kind of abortion debate uh, in this country. It seems to be going on since uh, Roe v. Wade, long before that, quite frankly. Uh, But it's a touchy subject. It's a political subject for some unknown reason. I don't understand why. But from the from the faith-based standpoint, from a Christian standpoint, uh, obviously, if God knows us, he knows our soul uh, before we are formed in our mother's womb, uh, he chooses, one, he chooses us to live, and two, he chooses where and to whom we are going to be born. So he puts us in our mother's womb himself, but he knows our soul. He knows our personality. He knows us before he ever does that. So that certainly is an argument against abortion. Forget the worldly definitions or, 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 or the argument per se of when life starts. Does it start at conception? Does it start at first breath? Uh, and that's what the people that are pro, uh, you know, choice love to say is that, uh, yeah, well, Adam didn't breathe. He didn't live until God put breath in to Adam. Uh, that's a little different to try to uh, equate the first human being ever on this earth and how God woke him up and revived him. 
uh, versus, uh, you know, creating, procreating on, in the worldly sense. So uh, in terms of being a anti-abortion stance, uh, look no further than uh, Jeremiah 1.5 when it proclaims that God knows us uh, before we are even formed in our womb. So if that's the case, uh, you know, arguing against that is there's already life there, uh, spiritually, spiritual life uh, from our soul standpoint, long before our physical gets created. So we do not have the right to take that away. The, even the physical part, we don't have the right to take that away from somebody who's uh, defenseless, per se. So that is certainly an argument uh, against uh, abortion, for sure. And, and I always kind of fall back to that with my own beliefs. We are children of God, and, and we are His, and he, he knows us before He even forms our physical nature. We have no right to take that away from God. So let's keep reading on verse 9. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Verse 11, Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. The Lord said, That's right. And it means that I'm watching. I'm certainly carrying out all my plans. Verse 13, Then the Lord spoke to me again and said, What do you see now? And I replied, I see a pot of boiling water spilling from the north. Yes, the Lord said, from terror, for terror from the north will boil out on the people of this land. Listen, I am calling the armies of the kingdoms of the north to come to Jerusalem. I, the Lord, have spoken. So this is a second statement where he ended it with, I, the Lord, have spoken. So in my mind, that is a very important statement that God is instilling on Jeremiah to say, hey, I need you to listen to this because I, the Lord, have spoken. Okay, one is when you see an almond tree, when you see that branch, when you see growth, when you see nature, what do you see? He says, I see this. And the Lord says, that's right. It means I am watching. And I will certainly carry it on because it means the Lord is with us. Okay. And then the Lord commanded to say, this is what I'm doing. You're seeing that boiling pot. This is what is about to happen to Jerusalem. I, the Lord, have spoken. They, they'll continue on to 15 here, they will set their thrones at the gates of the city. They will attack its walls and all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce judgment on my people for all their evil, for deserting me and burning incense to other gods. Yes, they worship idols made with their own hands. There's a lot of that going on nowadays, isn't there? I mean, if you think about the worshiping of idols and the worshiping of other gods and deserting uh, uh, deserting gods um, and pronouncing... He's going to pronounce judgment on all the people there in Jerusalem. He's going to pronounce judgment on us one day. And this society is ripe for judgment, I feel. Verse 17, Get up and prepare for action. Get out and I tell them everything I tell you to say. So he is commanding Jeremiah to get up and prepare everybody for what is about to come. Okay, we'll continue verse 17. Do not be afraid of them, or I'll make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. 
You will stand against the whole land, the kings, officials, priests, and people of Judah. So what he's making sure that Jeremiah realizes is the fact that he is he has the strength of God behind him, okay? Not to be afraid, all right? Don't be afraid to go talk to people. Don't be afraid to lead people. Don't be afraid to prophesy to people about what's about to come because God is telling him what to say and, and, and driving his actions in his life. So how do we equate that to our life, right? We're not prophet, you know, prophets. We're not prophetic, per se. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, yes, we can read the Bible. Yes, we can read multiple chapters and books in the Bible with Revelation to Daniel to all Thessalonians. There's several places in the Bible that talks about what happens in the end of days. Yes, we can read that and kind of come to our conclusions about what's going to happen. That doesn't make us prophets. Uh, that doesn't make that means that makes us educated, right? Uh, this is difference between Jeremiah and us. Is God is not only uh, giving him the strength and the courage to go out and do; He's telling him exactly what to do. And that's something. That's the difference between he, Jeremiah, and us. We have the strength of God. We uh, have the ability to let God lead us in our life if we would allow it. Uh, we fight him too much. I, I know that much. But we do have that ability. What we don't have the ability is to uh, legit know exactly what's going to happen. But make no mistake, if you pray hard enough and you let God lead you and you let God drive your actions and your choices, you will be speaking for God. Not in the way of warning people about their oncoming judgments or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. But in reality is we know enough as Christians and we read this Bible enough as Christians. We know what God's expectations are of us, right? And so it's our job to go out and speak that. Not only and well, most importantly, to go out and speak the word of the gospel, talk to them about Jesus Christ, talking about the salvation. Absolutely. But it's also our job to help educate those who are uneducated about the oncoming judgments of either individually or as a society. And in this instance, Jeremiah is going out to Jerusalem. In our instance, we can go to our families, our friends, our society, our workplace, our clubs, our churches, and making sure they understand that unless we allow God to uh, drive us and, and lead us in a way, we're going to be going the wrong direction. So let's finish up on 19. Uh, it's talking about Jerusalem. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, has spoken. Once again, he tells Jeremiah that he has spoken with an emphasis of making sure that he knows that he means business, right? Uh, I have spoken. It's very, uh, uh, very, very direct and uh, powerful uh, statement. Uh, I know as a parent, uh, and there may be some parents out there listening to this, I know as a parent, there are plenty of times where uh, I'm talking to one of my kids throughout the years and ask them to do something. And, and and sometimes they do it and sometimes they don't. Right? But if you're a parent, uh, there's a different tone that you use uh, when uh, you want ma- you want to make sure that your kids know that you're being serious. Uh, I have a deeper voice. I have a louder voice. Uh, I have a sterner voice at times. I think I have the tone to where when one of my kids look at me, when I tell them to do something 
and I mean it, uh, then they they know that okay, he's not just asking me to do it. He's he's commanding me or telling me I need to do this. Otherwise, there's going to be uh, ramifications uh, for that if I don't. So this is what I envision um, God doing with Jeremiah. It's one thing to talk to Jeremiah. It's another thing to say, I, the Lord, have spoken in the sense of, Jeremiah, are you listening? I have spoken. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. I need you to understand that I you know, formed you in your mother's womb. I gave you purpose. I set you apart. I've appointed you as a prophet. I need you to go out and do these things and tell them what's coming in the upcoming judgments. Tell them what's going to happen when the armies show up. That is what God is telling Jeremiah. He wants Jeremiah to know that he is serious, and this is important, and you need to pay attention to me, Jeremiah. Uh, so we could all use a little bit of that, shouldn't we? Um, I mean, sometimes there are plenty of times where, you know, I, I think I hear God speaking through uh, through things I read or music I hear or uh, dreams I have or whatever that may be, and, and, and sometimes you're like, okay, what, do I take that serious? Do I, do I need to quit my job? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Because I'm feeling kind of pushed to do that. Um, and that's a, there's a difference between feeling the urge of God and feeling and, and feeling the command of God, uh, and that is um, a blessing on Jeremiah that I, I kind of wish that uh, that I had sometimes. Right? Uh, sometimes I wish God would just say, Kevin, this is what you're going to have to do. Sit me down. He and I have coffee together, and him say, Okay, I need you to do this right now. I, the Lord, have spoken. <laughs> Life would be easier, wouldn't it, if uh, if we legit knew exactly what God wanted us to do, uh, as opposed to us trying to figure it out on our own. Um, that's a challenge that we have, but we're not, you know, prophets of the Bible, so that's, uh, that's certainly a luxury they have. But we have a lot of other luxuries here, uh, and uh, a lot of the things that we have going for us in this day, day and age as well. So, uh, keep your head up if you're uh, if you're feeling lost right now, or if you're feeling like you don't quite hear God, keep praying, uh, and uh, he will certainly talk to you. Maybe not the way you're expecting or wanting him to, uh, but he will certainly answer your prayers one way or another, I promise you that. So, all right, so uh, this uh, next part of uh, our podcast is where we kind of answer some questions. Uh, so if, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you if you want to submit a question for future uh, consideration, go to livingchristian.org slash podcast, or just hit that in the show notes. Uh, maybe easier for you to find versus trying to remember or driving down the road or whatever, wherever you're listening to this. So, all right. So we got a couple of questions here, uh, mainly from the website or from, I got one from Twitter. I got some from Instagram. So let's, uh, just, let's pick one and go with it. And see what they have to say. Do you feel, the first question is, do you feel the gospel of Paul is overlooked compared to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? That is uh, from Alfredo from Instagram. That's a good question. Uh, let me sip a coffee before I answer that. All right. First of all, I don't consider the book of Paul to be gospel. Okay. When I use the word gospel, and traditionally... Uh, the word gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and quite frankly, it is different. Uh, Paul's books uh, are typical letters uh, to the different churches, obviously, uh, but he wrote, for those who don't know, wrote a, a, a pretty substantial section or, or part of the New Testament. So that's what uh, we're, if you're referring to here, uh, is all of the books that Paul wrote 
in the New Testament. I think there's a difference, and and it's not that they get overlooked per se. Uh, I'll answer it this way. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are specifically have Jesus present in them, Jesus' words in them, firsthand knowledge of Jesus' words in them. It's telling the story of the life of Christ. That's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, are kind of formulated together and considered the four Gospels. The letters and the rest of the books from Paul uh, are, are what he learned from that and him going out to the world, per se, and especially in that time, and spreading the knowledge that he had of Jesus Christ being the way, as they called it, right? Uh, so I don't think that he gets overlooked because I think the foundation of our church uh, the foundation of our religion, the foundation uh, of what you learn about on a, on a Sunday morning, per se, a lot of it is Paul, right? A lot of it is the books of Paul uh, that you're going to learn about and read about. So uh, there's a lot to be learned there from commands to, um, uh, you know, what Christ is like and how much he loves us and how to be saved. Uh, a lot of it Paul wrote. In the New Testament. So I don't think it's overlooked, um, but I do think it's important to read about Christ at firsthand knowledge in the four gospel books, even before you read any of Paul's books. Uh, that way you have the foundation of the man of Jesus Christ before you read the rest of the New Testament. So good answer, or good question there, Alfredo. That's a good one. Let's see what else we have here. I constantly withdraw from praying and Bible reading. I constantly feel distance from God. The more I try, the more I am unable to live to righteousness. What's wrong with me, Stella? Nothing is wrong with you, Stella. You are human. And quite frankly, the devil, uh, if he can't defeat you, he will distract you. Uh, That's why sometimes it's hard to read your Bible. Sometimes it's hard to pray consistently. Uh, sometimes it's hard to feel the Holy Spirit in you. Sometimes it's hard to feel that Jesus is close uh, because uh, the devil loves to distract us with everything in this world. Everything in this world wants to distract you from getting closer to God. So if you've ever laid down in bed at night, tried to pray, and fallen asleep, maybe that's a comfort level that you have with God. Great. Uh, maybe the devil distracted you with uh, you being tired. Maybe that's the case. If you ever read the Bible and your mind wanders, that's the case. The devil is distracting you with your own thoughts, uh, with this world outside of you. Uh, but it is constant, constant. So there's nothing wrong with you, Stella. You are human, and you're battling distractions of this world. So I had to get closer to God with that distraction. You've got to stay focused. You've got to keep praying. You've got to keep reading your Bible. And not just reading your Bible, but studying your Bible. I find when I just read it like it's a novel, uh, I will read three pages and forget what I read. Uh, That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to study the Bible, to learn the Bible, treat it as education as opposed to entertainment. Uh, That uh, will certainly help that distraction level and get you feeling closer to God. Uh, but I can't emphasize enough, dive into your Bible, but also pray. And when I say pray, I don't mean just uh, pray before you eat uh, or pray before you go to sleep. I mean, consult with God uh, over every aspect of your life. God, what do you want me to do? 
God, thank you for this. God, I praise you for that. God, here, here's a situation I'm dealing with. I need help. I'm talking about consulting him and being in constant communication with God will help you feel closer to him because it's not him that went away. It's you that are looking the other direction. So good question, Stella. I hope that helps you guys. Uh, all right, so let's do uh, one or two more here. Can an individual who doesn't have faith in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives go to heaven? Hmm. This one's from, well, it's from Elvis, so I don't know if that's a real name or not, and that's okay. Uh, whoever asked this wouldn't know who it is. Uh, so can an individual who doesn't have faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, go to heaven? The answer is no. Uh, you know, that's not what the Bible says. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets through the Father to God uh, except through him. It says it right there in Jesus' own words in the Bible. That's the difference between all other religions, uh, quite frankly, and Christianity, is we have a straight path to heaven through Jesus, period. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. I know you want another way. Elvis or anybody else listening to this, I know you want another way. Uh, I know your friend wants another way. Um, but there's no other way. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't be a good enough person or do good enough things or believe a different way. Or, or The only way is through Jesus. Period. It doesn't matter. If you want a different way, if you want more options, or you want... You know, three doors, and you pick all three of them, they go, it doesn't work that way. Jesus is the only other way. It's the only way, I'm sorry, to go to heaven, period. And, and it may not be what you want to hear. Uh, maybe you want me to be wishy-washy on this. Maybe you want me to go, well, you know, the people of the Old Testament were saved. No, no. After Jesus came, he gave us the way. He showed us that he died, was crucified, and rose again three days later, and the only way to heaven is through him, period. There is no other way. So just because uh, you or somebody else may want another way, because that one that way seems too hard or seems too strict or, or seems too narrow, um, that is the only way. Jesus himself even said the path to heaven is narrow, and few will make it. So... It's tough uh, truth nugget there, but that is the truth. So, all right, let's do one more question, and then we'll uh, we'll close ourselves in prayer today. My friend is struggling with believing in the Bible because it has many different versions, and the original Bible isn't in English. It's very true. So she says that the things could have been lost in translation, but I have I am a strong believer of the Word. How can I help her change her mindset, Danielle? Danielle, you know what? Uh, it is true that the Bible was not written in English, obviously, with Greek, uh, Aramaic, uh, Hebrew. So it definitely wasn't written in English. It was definitely written in the, in the language of the time with Greek, etc. So um, it has been translated. That is true, too, of course. Uh, if you learn some of the history of it, uh, you'd feel better about that, uh, about how it was and, and when it was kind of commissioned to be translated and when Martin Luther went and translated to German, etc. If you, if you learn some of that history, you'd feel better about the lost in translation stuff. But in reality, I think I would tell your friend that they're they are way overthinking it, uh, that they are looking. And what this is me, this is what I've seen with people that have this argument, which is 
they're looking for a reason to disprove the Bible is real. Period. There's no other way to look at it. Uh, you either can have faith in God and have faith in Jesus and have faith that the Bible is God's word and him talking directly to us. You either have faith in that or you don't. Or you're trying to live worldly, trying to rationalize it with what you know versus what you don't know. Do I know the Bible has been translated from, uh, for example, Greek into English? Absolutely. Do I care? No. I, I view that as the Word of God, period, first and foremost. So if your friend is having a hard time with that, uh, in my mind, they're o either overthinking it in the sense of they don't have enough faith. They have to figure out things out and they have to know, you know, prove to me. I'll believe in your Jesus if you prove to me that the Bible is not translated incorrectly. If you prove to me that Noah's Ark really happened, if you prove it, it would go on forever. So that's one thing. If they, they're trying to think too literally and logically about you have to have proof in order for me to believe, period. Or they just want to argue with you and disprove you. And uh, that's a typical atheist thought, right? In terms of, okay, I don't believe it. I don't want anybody else to do either. So uh, I find in my life that people that struggle with the, well, it was written by man or, hey, it's been translated five times, they don't want to believe. They're looking for excuse not to believe in Jesus and not to believe the Bible is true. So how do you convince them? You got to get them to understand the life of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for them and what he did for you and how much he loves them and how much Jesus is the only way, as we just talked about. If they believe that wholeheartedly with their soul, then they won't get so hung up on what could have been or what might have been with the Bible thousands of years ago. And how do they know? And where are the, you know, the first chapters are written by Moses. How do we know that? There's a lot of historical data on that with the Dead Sea Scrolls, etc., but we don't have to get into that. You're not going to convince somebody with the comparison with what these texts say versus that text say. What you're going to get, what are you going to get them on is the fact that if they believe in Christ with their whole heart, soul, and mind, then they won't want to argue about the Bible. They will take the Bible as truth. That's what I believe. So uh, hopefully that helped, Danielle. Uh, I would talk to them about Jesus first and not get so hung up on some of the the details uh, of uh, when and how the Bible was translated and who wrote this chapter versus that chapter. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It all is breathed from God. So that's my answer to that. So anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed Jeremiah 1. We'll, uh, we'll do another one uh, and put it out in a few days. But in the meantime, let's say a quick prayer, and we'll get out of here and uh, go about our day. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for bringing the Word to us today. We believe that the Bible is written by you and delivered through writers and authors uh, into this book. We believe it. We believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, Lord. We believe that because you tell us that. We believe that you have known us since before you formed us in our mother's womb. We know that because you tell us that in Jeremiah 1.4. We believe that we are set apart and have purpose in this life, Lord. You tell us that in Jeremiah, and we're so thankful that you've, been giving, that you've given us that information and given us that reassurance that you love us, that we're special to you, that we're set apart from this world. We're so thankful for that. 
Please continue to speak to everybody listening to this podcast right now, Lord, and please let them understand that they are truly loved by you. And whatever is going on in their life is going to get better because you have delivered them to this earth on purpose and for a purpose. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you guys once again for listening to this podcast. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, make sure you check out livingchristian.org uh, for everything uh, Living Christian, how to live a Christian life seven days a week. Check out the store and the Bible verses and everything else like that. I do appreciate it. So until the next time, keep Jesus in your heart and eternity in your mind. Love you guys. Talk to you all soon.